Hello. 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 So, <laughs> welcome to episode number 12 of the New Kids Podcast. Where are our sound effects? We made it. Oh, oh. You don't have yours. You never have <laughs> I, have, I can't have both. That's be either the iPod or the sound. Or you oh. can just get your iPad. And it's dead. Of course it is. And it's at home. You guys have sound effects? We tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Honey's here. And Jermaine. Say hey, Jermaine. Hey. Jermaine's here. Hi guys. And today we have another special guest. We got to give us some. Exactly. Tomorrow we have Miss Lashawn Marie Burgess here with us today. Hello. 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 (laughs) All right. So let's start off with the question of the day. What is something you tried really, really, really hard to like, but just could not bring yourself to like? I already know what's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh lord. Um, and honey don't hate this, but Game of Thrones. Uh, I tried. I no, did. did. I gave it a chance. Enough. I get look. Five minutes is enough. Five minutes is not enough. <laughs> is. That's like I a cannot whole like that's a whole like shows. three episodes. How can you you Mm-mm. like you like some period Well, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's not it's not my tea. I can't do it. You know. Shiraya. What? What's something you tried to like? You don't be trying. I, I really she don't. don't. <laughs> she don't like it. She don't like she it. Don't. Yeah. Um, no, I don't really think there is anything that I like tried to make myself like that I couldn't. Oh, well, I got one, but y'all both gonna hate me. Harry Potter. I knew you. I knew that was gonna be it. But I, <laughs> I get it. I get well, it. Well, it wasn't my like. I don't know. My mom was like super strict, so I couldn't watch it growing yeah. up. Yeah. So then I never had a desire to watch it. So everybody's like Harry Potter, and I'm like, they weren't allowed to watch it either. They made them all. That's why I knew it. I was like, I bet you she's gonna say Harry Potter. I tried when I got older, and I was like, no, this is way too much reading. (laughs) No, the movies are too long. This is movies are long. I don't understand. They're running the marathon right now too Mm -hmm. because Christmas season. They play all the Harry Potter movies. No, can't do it. What about you, Miss LJ? Let me see. Um, I was thinking while you guys were talking. I th- to be honest, you guys are gonna hate this. We were talking about before we started uh, taping or whatever we're doing here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's that love and hip hop thing. No. <laughs> that's that's like into that. That that's kind of my answer. Like reality TV. I haven't watched reality TV since like Jersey Shore. I will say there are I some love good, like old reality Shore. TV. Old like reality I love New York. TV. I love New York. Before it became scripted, yeah. it was, was kind of like, good. Even like some episodes huh? of the Kardashians, like that family is looking oh, yeah. really funny. Like they're yeah, they're hilarious. hilarious. I tried them too, and I couldn't. <laughs> I can only take it's so much. It's not even so much that they're funny. Scott Disick is oh, hilarious. He's hilarious. So I just like to watch yeah. him. So and he just knows how trash the family is. He always comments on it, and he tells them all the time. Yeah, so that's it for me. All right, moving on to season updates. Oh, I didn't. That's what I said. Reality talk TV. I can't really get into it. Like, I no, no. There's no reality TV show right now that I watch. Mm-mm. No, that one. Yeah, I'm giving them up. I was hooked on a few. Of them. <laughs> I'm now giving them up. Yeah, I like too much time, it. too much craziness. Because I can't live my own life like that. So. <laughs> We need I to watch other people live vicariously <laughs> through the yeah. characters. All we right, Detroit I, reality I can take TV. that one. We do need a Detroit reality show. Mm-hmm. I think we don't. That'd be so messy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be I so think we don't. That'd be kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to city updates. Uh, we have three events on the list for the next upcoming weeks. Um, so first we have Protecting Your Practice, which is happening November 30th from 6 to 8 p.m. This is hosted by Creative Mini. 
Um, it's a workshop on financial management and legal protection for artists, designers, and creative entrepreneurs. Um, this workshop is going to focus on accounting um, and financial preparedness, contracts, and an overview of intellectual property. It is $7, and you can go to the Creative Mini Facebook. That's Creative Mini. Where is it going to be at? Um, somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I forgot to put the location. It's uh, somewhere in Hampshire. Okay. Not too bad. So city proper. Um, and then the same day, which is uh, an event that we actually featured in our last episode, um, November 30th at 6.30. This is a free event hosted by Assembled Sound um, in Corktown. This is Assembled U Spotify and streaming event. They're bringing in four Spotify reps to help demystify the world of streaming services and how independent artists can effectively leverage platforms like Spotify to share their work, build an audience, and grow revenue. Um, so drinks will be provided by Motor City Brewing Works, and this is a free monthly event that I highly suggest a lot of our uh, musical entrepreneurs and professionals, um, just young people in the city, should really, really take advantage of. Even if you aren't doing your own music stuff yet, this is a really, really good free opportunity to go get some like really in-depth conversation yeah. about different components of the music industry. It's free, um, it's drinks, and you get good information. Exactly. <laughs> and these are like four people from Spotify. These yeah. are like Spotify execs. These aren't oh, like wow. interns okay. that they're flying out. So there will be four of them. <laughs> <laughs> there will be four of them slight shade and this is a free event so that's November 30th at 6.30 and then last but not least our own Stacey J shout out to Stacey Woo-hoo. she has like one event Woo-hoo. every other podcast yes like, and she's always I appreciate it because that's hard work right there exactly she is uh, spinning at Cabaret Lip Sync Battle um, Friday December 1st at Jam Handy which is in uh, the New Center area on Grand Boulevard um, at 8pm this is a 21 plus B-O-Y-B event and you can get tickets at Eventbrite mm. under Cabaret Lip Sync so it's going to be like a Cabaret Karaoke event oh and it's BYOB BYOB 21 up shout out to Stacey right. <laughs> alright moving on to current events and hot topics mm. it's actually been pretty quiet in terms of city politics this week I scoured the news and there's not too many I don't know if that's a good thing or exactly thing. it's like what's brewing it makes me a little nervous <laughs> But in city news, uh, let's talk about this DPD raid going wrong. <laughs> so last Thursday, the 11th and 12th precincts accidentally raided each other, resulting in a physical altercation. Um, Detroit Police Chief James Craig calls it a lack of communication. Hmm. Of I all the Detroit things this. to happen, that is some real Detroit. Yeah. Like, That's I feel like only behavior. here will we be recording only this. Like, <laughs> it's like a Simpsons episode or something coming to life. Like, yeah. how, how, not y'all not gonna deescalate the situation. How y'all just gonna start happen? fighting in the middle street. I was talking to somebody and uh, the guy was like, pretty much he thinks half of them were trying to do the right thing, half mm-hmm. of them were crooked. So they just started <laughs> they fighting just fight each it. other. <laughs> Good versus evil. And so you're saying they raped? How? How? Did so they, there was a raid. They, yeah. um, or there were. Um, My bad. That was the <laughs> there was a raid where um, essentially they were trying to catch drug dealers and dr- one side was trying to catch drug dealers mm-hmm. the other side was trying to catch drug buyers and they were posing as oh, the opposite Lord. role and so when they revealed themselves as police officers a scuffle <laughs> ensued essentially okay. right. um, and there was it's been on national news it's all over social media and it was caught I think by some neighbors that were just like watching this happen mm-hmm. right, outside right. how crazy um, yeah, they, with so, all the everything that's going on, that's what they're doing right yep. now. Of all oh, of the things, that. it says mm. right now the two officers, one from each precinct, 
precinct are on restrictive duty and the supervisor from the 12th precinct has been removed off the special operations team as internal affairs investigates. <laughs> I know they had, I'm like, can you just imagine reading that for the first time as an internal affairs officer and you just sitting there like, like what? I'm sorry, y'all did what? <laughs> it just makes me think that like, as a supervisor, how do you let that happen? Like how do you everybody just that? like I couldn't imagine my team at work just starting fighting in the call center, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna walk away. Imagine your boss asking you like, so how did this happen? You'd be like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know, know bro. Like they just start fighting. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those you, you can't explain. Yeah, yeah task to explain. Um, so next, Google is planning on moving their Birmingham offices downtown next door to LCA this spring. Um, more, more people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and already in an already vests. congested area. Um, it's <sighs> definitely going to be an interesting um, observation mm-hmm. because uh, what what is the headquarters? Is that is that Little Caesars headquarters? It's moving down there as well, or that's yeah. what they're building Little right Caesar's now. Headquarters, I think next it's to the be Fox. Next, yeah, next to the Fox. Um, and then this isn't even Google's only office. So this office that they're moving from Birmingham, this mm-hmm. is 100 plus employees focusing mainly on automotive industry advertising. Um, and they have other offices in, I believe, Ann Arbor. Troy, Ann Arbor, uh, Novi. Um, they have like 600 employees in Michigan total. So mm. what are they doing with that office in Birmingham? They said they're closing it. They have not said. Mm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to close it. I don't know if they mm-hmm. own the building that they're in in mm-hmm. Birmingham, but all of them are going to be down here. So yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last but not least, in entertainment news, Forbes has named Beyonce's music music's highest earning woman. Um, this year, the formation tour raked in over $250 million. Shout out to E. And behind her, following up, is Adele, Taylor Swift, J-Lo, and Celine Dion. And these make up the top five hmm. women in music. Mm-hmm. Shout out to I can definitely see Celine Dion. Um, yeah, especially definitely. with her, Vegas. Yeah, and, Vegas. Again, this is her second, yeah. second tour in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't understand Taylor Swift. But. I'm not even going to comment on that. I think hers is probably more from like advertising and yeah, stuff like that. I don't think hers is, it can't all be for music because did she who, who's her? listening to her? Did she? We, well, we know. We know who's listening to her, right. but, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think her fans have that much. I can also see J-Lo too. I can see um, J-Lo. She's from got a whole from, Yeah, from, and then like, mm-hmm. yeah, for how long she's been in the game. She's been mm-hmm. in the game forever. Yeah. Forever. And... Miss Delores passed away today. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Miss Delores. She passed away at the age of 86. Um, Della was a Detroit native who went to Cass and Wayne State University for a second. Um, and she is famous for Touched by an Angel and her own talk show, Della, which I remember being on TV. Me and my mom used to watch Touched by an Angel. I love Touched by an Angel. Really. Oh my God, I love Touched that by an Angel, like Seventh Heaven, yeah. Gilmore Girls. Like that was all yeah. of our rotation. Miss yeah. Devlin was so sassy too. Very sassy. She's also in Harlem. Harlem, yeah. Harlem, yeah. 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 Back my pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> that clip has been going around today. Oh, it has been. <laughs> She's my pinky toe. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of another, I guess, celebrity passing, Charles Manson, um, also recently. Yes. And it's yeah. weird because I'm like, oh, that's I, the cool guy. No. Yeah, yeah. The, Charles Manson, the mur- yeah, yeah, the murderer. murderer. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I, I thought he was already dead. Me too. And it's like this kind of <laughs> no, threw no, me off. Not so bad. He's I, been sick for quite a mm. while. Man. But I was like, I could have sworn he was already dead. It's 
been a very long time. Maybe it's like the Nelson Mandela. I was thinking of that. The Mandela, the Mandela effect. Yeah, that was so weird. When somebody brought that to my attention, I was like, nope, I'm just gonna nope. Yeah, it's it's weird. It made me like think back to like elementary school. I was like, I do remember learning that he died. Then I got in high school, and they're like, oh, he died. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely strange. So that's everything in terms of city news and city updates. We will now go to a commercial break and then we will get into our interview with Miss LJ. Oh, yay. Hey guys, it's Honey. Uh, if you are interested in learning a little bit more about the team here behind the new kids or need any of us for any specific services, here is how you can reach us. You can reach Miss Shariah Marshall for career and small business consulting at marshallcareerconsulting.com. You can hit her up on her Twitter at Shariah M or her Instagram at Marshall Career Consulting. You can also hit up Miss Jermaine Pencil for small business and nonprofit consulting via her website, gpencilconsulting.com, her Twitter at Jermaine Pencil, or her Instagram at gpencilconsulting. You can hit me up for any creative project or artist management um, at honeyacross.com. You can hit up my IG or Twitter at honey underscore spiffy, or just email me at honeya.cross at gmail.com. All right, guys, so we are back and we are interviewing Miss LJ today. So if you would like to do a brief introduction of yourself. Okay, um, LJ stands for LaShawn J. Ridgeway Murray Burgess. I know that's a mouthful, but that's <laughs> who I am. <laughs> I'm definitely a Detroit native, um, born and raised in Detroit. Uh, grew up on the west side. And we got another one. Yeah, no. yeah. They be from, hating. Oh, they, I'm from the west side. Oh, the east side. The east I is. technically am from both. And I live in Woodhaven. So. Yeah. 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 Most want to live on the, the west, west side, side and grow mm-hmm. up on the west side mm-hmm. than on the east side. So we don't <laughs> allow them to have it. Shade. Shade. Okay. Yes. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. But yep. Um, Went to DPS mm-hmm. uh, from beginning to end. Um, shout out to DPS. I know. Shout out to DPS. Um, graduate of uh, Wayne State. Mm-hmm. So stay local in Wayne yeah. State. I know Hynia. I'm honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I went to school in Nebraska. Oh, Lord. Okay. Far away from Wayne State. Yeah, I went to yeah. Western. Yeah, went to Western. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Went to Wayne State. Um, so stayed local, um, which was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong. Actually, I think it's great when you can get away, though. Go mm-hmm. away to school. And sometimes uh, as far away as possible. <laughs> Just for the experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it helps you to mature um, when you are away. But there's a maturation process that also occurs when you go to Wayne. Go to, go to school locally. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, most of those students are working, mm-hmm. as I did, and going to school. So you can't do anything but mature because you have to um, know how to study, know how to work. You have to really know how to allocate mm-hmm. your time properly. So, yeah, that's what I did. Um, what do you do now? I am now the controller for a bankruptcy office. Okay. Uh-huh. So I handle the monies. I make sure that the monies are properly spent. Uh, properly alloc- allocated and things of that sort. So my background, mm-hmm. my uh, in undergrad, 
I had my graduate degree, degree as well. I went to um, Phoenix University um, to a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. Nothing against the online ones, but it was actually back in the day. Was it about back in the early two thousand? Yeah, back in the early. Oh, and I'm. I have, my best friend is here, so I have to <laughs> defer to her because <laughs> um, I am at an age where I kind of forget things here and there, so be patient with me. <laughs> and I'm with these young women, so <laughs> they're making me forget even more. I'm bringing all that up front that when I can't really remember. But um, my um, undergraduate degree is in accounting, mm -hmm. so um, right out of school, that's what I did. I did the whole accounting thing. As soon as I graduated, was actually offered a position before I graduated, which mm. was so cool. It was so cool to have that in my back pocket, yeah. um, even before graduation. And that, of course, happened because um, I, I, I did do well academically, mm -hmm. um, undergrad as well as in grad school. Um, and I also joined um, an honorary accounting fraternity, okay. which gave me the access to a lot of the recruiters. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's unfortunate. I don't know if that's still the case now mm -hmm. in um, colleges, especially at Wayne State, mm -hmm. honey. If they still have these um, business fraternities, yeah, yeah, they do. That's fraternities. what I recommend. They do. I think oh. they have a few more than they used to over the last oh, years. Really? Yeah, um, a lot of them. Most of them are centered around engineering right now because it's a really that's big school for right. engineers. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in one for, um, what is it, psychology? Yes. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. What is it called? Okay. Psychiology yeah. or something like that? I recommend those. She's Greek, those. too. Oh, Both yeah. Oh yeah, I'm Greek. She's she's another Greek kind of. Only Greek. Whatever. I'm not, <laughs> we're not. Wait, whoa, you cannot oh, cannot oh. throw yours out. Oh. Mine must be thrown out first because Alpha Kappa. Alpha, oh so no. Yeah, no. I can't Alpha, take Kappa, it. Alpha Sorority Incorporated <laughs> first premiere sorority 1908. <laughs> All came afterwards. So now well, I am a final woman of Zeta Phi Beta sorority. Oh, okay. So, so we're all over the gamut oh, here. <laughs> You have the first in the premiere speech <laughs> now, aka Shout out Alpha to Alpha. Unity. Yes, exactly. But it's all in love. It all is. In love. It's all in love. Sisterhood. The sisterhood. Right, right, right. And my bestie, you know, I don't know how we just, but we for years have worked, and I, I still accept her, even though she chose the wrong one. So we'll carry on. So okay. do you do you think that that helped you uh, career rise as well? Um, did you? use any of your sorority sisters or any connections through Greek life too? Oh, have I? Um, I th yes, actually. <laughs> it, it, it does help. You know, um, I do recommend those as well. Mm -hmm. The only thing, and I remember, and maybe um, Tressa can attest to this, the Delta in the background, but sometimes <laughs> if for some reason that a particular let's say, person that you're interviewing with mm -hmm. is not of your sorority, mm -hmm. it can be a negative sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I think having those relationships, the networking does help. Mm -hmm. And having the networking ability with those business fraternities or your particular major mm -hmm. fraternities um, help you as well because they bring in those non-African-Americans resources to you yeah and that's always cool because not all of us are going to be able to hire you, mm -hmm. you know? yeah. we know that that's a reality yes and um without them i probably would not have been able to get with the accounting firms back in the day when i graduated mm -hmm. um there were eight they call them the big eight mm -hmm. um accounting firms and 
they came on campus and interviewed. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And you had to know when they were coming. Mm-hmm. And if, if you weren't involved with it, only the members of Beta Alpha Psi, that's what it was called, yeah, Beta Alpha Psi, only those members knew when the recruiters were coming on. Mm-hmm. And they they would only invite the members of that mm-hmm. organization mm-hmm. to their offices there. for recruiting that's events. Crazy. So it was, you know, one of those exclusive clubs, but we have to get in there. Yeah. 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 We get yeah. in, honey. Because mm-hmm. we almost didn't do ours. We just kind of No, no, we like, do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> do that. Like, hey, if y'all don't take us, I guess. Right, I was right. like, oh, y'all want me? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so now I'm with um, this bankruptcy office as a controller. And again, and it's still a part of controlling is a form of financial administration, so mm-hmm. to speak, just administering finances. And that's the one thing with a degree in accounting. Everybody has cash. Yeah. So I didn't want to in, into any, any industry. industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of cool. I like that. So the opportunities are there. Mm-hmm. Somewhat similar with engineering. There's mm-hmm. so many disciplines of engineering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so this is very Did broad. you always like numbers or was that something that you had to train yourself to like? Because mm-hmm. I hate numbers. I'm not a numbers person. I'm all words. Even then, no. just barely. <laughs> numbers doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Did I always like numbers? You know, and like most folks, um, most young people going in the college, I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. That was my original. Really? Yep. <laughs> I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. And, um, you know, so I changed majors. That didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I took time off from school mm-hmm. to find myself, so to speak. That's Same. what I told my, yeah. my parents. <laughs> no need for you to waste your money because I need to find myself. <laughs> and I found myself part They do find it. And it's crazy because they like, in, they frown upon yeah, in Europe, um, in Europe and just any, just not America really, most kids, <laughs> not, not US, I'll say that, most kids take like a one to two year gap year in between high school and college so that when they get to college, they don't waste that time like trying to figure out yeah. what they want to do that and then sense. like not applying themselves. Well, when you look at when you look at it from a cultural standpoint, Western culture is heavily dominated by like strict um, schedules, mm-hmm. dead regimens, mm-hmm. like just these regimens. Whereas non-Western culture is very like a lot more, more relaxed, relaxed mm-hmm. a lot more um, like on your own time type yep. of thing. Mm-hmm. So and that makes sense. Their grade schooling is a lot more rigorous and compared to like the U.S.'s yeah. grade schooling. Like they go to school all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. And, like yeah. their mm-hmm. testing is ridiculous. So like they go through all of that stress. I feel like in high uh, school, and yeah. so that they need a break from right. college. Mm-hmm. I, they probably. So who frowns upon it? Um, Who do you believe frowns upon their break? I think that a lot of students are scared to tell mm-hmm. their parents. You know, like they're, they're scared to be like, oh, well, I don't want to go to school right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like with my little sister, her and I just had this conversation literally like two days ago. And I, I told her, you know, you're 18. You don't have to have it all figured out right now. Yeah. Right. Because when you figure it out, then you be like, I know what I'm going to do. And then that all changes mm-hmm. a year from now. Mm-hmm. And then it changes again. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps on changing until you figure out what it is that mm-hmm. you actually and want to do. And for some kids, it's, it's college not for everybody. It's so not. It's not. not. That, it's not. like... It's, it's ingrained upon a lot of kids in ninth grade. Okay, you need to pick a college. You need to pick a major. You need to know mm-hmm. where you want to go. And by the time they become a senior in high school, it's like, I don't want to do this. I don't do want to plan this. out like, my next 25 years of my life while I don't, when my frontal cortex right. is not even developed. Yeah, they don't have the opportunity <laughs> to say that because everywhere, like all the influences around them are like college, college, college. And it's interesting because um, now, like a lot of news outlets and just media in general is reporting that, um, 
more traded or more trade occupations are needed mm-hmm. versus um, college degree based. Yeah. And it's no, interesting. Vocational school, and right. it's interesting because if you look at so our educational system, it, that that phase was essentially phased out to fit in more college oriented um, practices. And now it's a gap, you know. And they're trying to fill that gap, but you have you've been like drilling this idea of college, college, college into these kids for the past like twenty or so years. Mm-hmm. So now it's unbalanced. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think a break is fine. It's just that a break with no plan. No yeah. Right. yeah. Two years could turn into four. Could turn into twenty. That's right. Yeah. You look up. Turn into forty-five. <laughs> and being forty-five without a plan is not cute. Yeah. 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 I'm not with and me. Yeah. Like I know I'm not disciplined enough to go back, so I haven't taken a break. Right. And yeah. you know, I think the, the biggest break I took was between undergrad and my master's degree, and that was only six months. And I'm yeah, like, good. okay, gotta go before I get too comfortable with <laughs> right. this. So I think if you're disciplined enough to go back, that break is fine. If you are not, I told my, I told all the little people that actually listen to me, I'm like, get your gen eds out of the way, take the take the yes. little classes right, right. Exactly. that you need. Right, I recommend and then be ready. college to everybody. Like Absolutely. even if you can do dual enrollment in high school, yeah. I say get it done yeah. in high school so yeah. that you can take that break right before college. Because if you get like algebra, like English, your all your prereqs, if you get those out of the way while you're in high school, you're not gonna. And then a lot of community colleges are better than four-year colleges yes. at this point. They got and dorms, you think about, they got everything. Um, financial aid and like and yep. loans, yep. yeah. And it gives you more freedom to kind of explore, you know, what you want to do versus being in a four-year university where it's like, okay, you are locked into this and you have to take these classes. Um, and I took a break um, after my master's degree. So I went straight from undergrad to grad school and then I took a break. Um, for are about you, a year. Okay, are you working your doctorate? They're yes. both working oh, on their doctorates. They're almost done. Yes. yes. Well, doctor <laughs> nicely into the doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> We're um, at the dissertation yes, phase and now. it is. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It's yeah. a journey. It's stress. <laughs> yes, yeah. But I yeah. took a year break, and I definitely appreciate it because it made me um, kind of figure out what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, okay, do I want to keep going? Do I want to take a different like route? Um, and where I want to put this information, um, and it's been it's been beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely mm-hmm. taking a break, a break, yeah, yeah, kind of refocusing and realigning what I want to do. That's good. You guys were focused with your break, and yeah. as Tressa was saying, it's good to take that break with some type of plan mm-hmm. in place. My break was not like that. <laughs> my, break, start off like that. My, <laughs> my break was not, not like, that. like that. The intent was to take a break and to um, have time to party. I'll be very honest mm-hmm. with you guys, which is not the best thing. But at that time, it was the like most. It was the best thing I thought to do at the time. <laughs> um, and I hope my daughter never listens to this podcast. <laughs> Um, but yes, that was my intent for the break. And I'm thankful that my mom didn't really fight the break, um, nor did my dad really fight the break. However, when they felt the, it was time for the break to end, it was strongly encouraged that the break end. And if I did not end the break, 
things would end financially on my end. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that then became a strong encouragement. Um, no one wants to live outside um, and things of that sort. <laughs> then try to, you know, hunt for our, we're foraging for our food and things. Of, yeah. So, um, and that's when my break did end. So it was, it was, it was a, and it was a good time. And then I will also admit, um, my younger, then my cousins and things of like that started graduating. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Younger siblings now mm-hmm. entering college. I can't allow them to graduate before me. <laughs> so, you know, that, that whole competition then starts kicking in. And you want, and I knew that college ed- education is necessary. Just as um, Tressa was saying, you don't want to be 40 years old out here trying to get, mm-hmm. or 50, trying to get your college degree, you know, and start your career. Mm-hmm. You know, you already want to have your career going. So, yeah. So, what was your uh, your first job out of college? Did you immediately start uh, working in your field? Or? First job out of college, as I said before, was in my field, mm-hmm. and fortunately, it was due to um, I will I, I won't put all the the credit on um, being a member of that uh, honorary county fraternity. Um, my grades mm-hmm. were very essential. Um, I actually liked studying for a county. I loved accounting. I would spend hours at Purdy Library. Purdy Library. Mm-hmm. Oh, just I love. That's why I said, okay, maybe I should He's go into the accounting science library now. I oh, what? It's the science and engineering library. Get out of yeah, because when my dad was pledging, he said that that's where he used to hide. At Purdy, <laughs> they oh. used to go and hide at Purdy because nobody would be there. So oh, they couldn't find it. I love Purdy. Purdy, but see, but Purdy then was I, I think if I thought it was like the bit maybe it was in there. I can't remember, but in the stacks, I had my study area. I could sneak my food in because I'm a foodie. And I would sneak my food in and just be there. And so I said, okay, this is the major for me. If I enjoy studying this, um, I'll probably enjoy having a career out of this. So, again, I went with um, Plant Moran. It's, um, I had an offer, and I shared this story. I had an offer with another very large, Plant Moran at that time was a large regional mm-hmm. accounting firm. But it was so competitive with all the graduates. Oh, where are you going? Where are you going? Everybody wanted to get with the big national accounting firms. And I had an offer um, to um, work with one of the national accounting firms. But when I went on that interview with them, I knew my personality would never <laughs> fit in in that environment. And I strongly encourage. Um, because it was so competitive? No, because it was so cold. Mm. It was such a cold um, accounting. Um, corporate America within itself can be a very cold, mm-hmm. uninviting. We're talking about the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, um, Tressa, that we just had this conversation where when I started, the women, we only wore skirts. We could not wear pants. There were no mm-hmm. pants. We wore skirt suits or tailored dresses. Mm-hmm. That I was it. I couldn't be in corporate America, and I was... Quite, not quite as old as she Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's so close to me, she's kissing me, but okay. <laughs> but I hate wearing skirts and dresses, so I would have been completely mm-hmm. miserable in um, that environment. Yeah. And I think that's something like a lot of millennials right now struggle with is that presence in corporate America because mm-hmm. a lot of times we oh feel gosh. other. Um, or we feel like we don't fit like our personality. Personality. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Just mismatch yeah. with communication styles oh, yes, um, yes. and all these different factors and it can really impact like your productivity and just how you it function can, in yeah. the workplace oh, please um, even, even as doing interviews like when i do interviews 
Like, I'm a millennial. I love millennials. But interviewing them, I'd be like, you are the reason why people look at us. Okay. <laughs> the way that they do. It's such that we have to do it. I think especially, duality. like, yeah, duality. Yeah. And, like, we have to code switch all the time. And it's definitely, definitely taxing on your mental. Like, nobody it wants is. to be pretending to be somebody else. And the thing is, like, a lot, the effort's just, not like, there sometimes. Pushing up that one like, particular part. I've had people in sweatpants at an interview. Oh. I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> why are you wearing this? Right. Where do you do it? Right, right, right. I think, you know, to talk about sort of generational um, conversations, I think we need to talk more because what you're talking about, the duality, it's always been there. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. always had to do it. And especially, it's like, I'd have to say a quality because as a black woman, mm-hmm. you have to always do this bait and switch and figure out what's acceptable, mm-hmm. figure out what the cultural norms exactly. are. Mm-hmm. You have to play the game. You have to play so the game. I think for, from my standpoint, millennials are like, this is a bunch of mess that I'm not trying to play. Right. But you have to be able to, you can't change an organization from outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a way to assimilate to get in and then you do the changing. Mm-hmm. But you can't do it from outside. You can't. Um, and, and so I think we have to work to have those conversations to say, you know, it's not about being fake. Mm-hmm. It's not about not being real. Mm-hmm. It's about understanding the bigger goal. Do you have to smile and say, okay, yes, sir, or whatever, mm-hmm. just to get to the next step? Because yeah. we're counting on y'all. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, you like, guys are the future for us. Exactly. And a lot of people think that, it's important to do that with exposure to like, and with the enhancements within technology, people are like, oh, I'm just be entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, right. they do the entrepreneur easy. life. And it's not right. easy not. at all. Where did this oh, come, where did this come from? And you still have to know how to be able to conduct yourself in a business setting because mm-hmm. you're right. interacting right. with customers, you're interacting with money. You are exactly. your brand. You are your brand. brand. Like, um, I say that so often. Yeah, and a lot of these, how many times we have to A lot of these that. entrepreneurial brands don't succeed because they don't know how to properly conduct themselves as a business because they think just because I'm not in a nine to five or a corporate setting I don't have to follow these but you rules. do yeah and you, you do. still you have to get your, your financing yeah. you mm-hmm. student, you're gonna have to interact customers with, like yeah you're, right yeah you're gonna have to interact with your bank financial mm-hmm. institutions mm-hmm. Uh, everything yeah you have to sell yourself you are selling mm-hmm. whatever you create as an extension of you yeah um, so it's mm-hmm. important to understand what that looks like and how to personify that role because mm-hmm. if you don't then you are basically drowning in the creek without a paddle right yeah. like, right. Deep. yeah they, don't, they yeah. don't realize like these big name companies have other people to represent them like nike has lebron and yeah. you know all these different mm-hmm. athletes whereas as an entrepreneur you, you have, have you, yourself right and that, that's it yeah so you when you make a mistake and i know like with me i'm like one of those i don't know like bitter Bitter customers, like you do me wrong one time, I'm done. <laughs> so, you have to another computer right in the back. Yeah. I am, I am too. We are still on the Yeah, as consumers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, it's my money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that I like you as a person. Right. I'm not getting ready to buy exactly. my money. Right. No, no, ma'am, no, sir. If you are not producing what it is I want. And I think that, again, understanding um, as an entrepreneur, you have to change. And be who your customers want you to be. Mm-hmm. If you want to be in business. If you want to be in business. And it's all it's all a game. I mean, it's all in how you view things in in, in business. 
And I think that's why these networking opportunities are so crucial, especially in like undergrad or if you have an opportunity to be in a network, like an academic setting, or even just as a young professional in the like a Detroit art scene, mm-hmm. having that networking base allows you to better prepare yourself for how to be presented. Mm-hmm. You're building right. those. Um, you're building those social skills. You're building those speaking skills. Because I hate, I hate networking. I hate it. I don't yeah. like networking yeah. events. I hate public speaking. I don't want to do it. It's putting but, yourself out there. Yeah, you have to get but, comfortable with it. I like yeah. networking events that have wine. Yes, <laughs> I, I like those. I like those as well. I know that I gotta suck it up, and you know, if I want to continue to build my customer base, if I want to get. If I want to attract the type of clients that I want to work with, then I need to be able to present myself in a way that's going to be attractive. Hey, bro. I don't know hey, why bro. she's talking right now because I just told her I was recording. <laughs> she want to be on the hey, podcast. She want to um, be down. I'll talk to you Whatever though. Um, but yeah, just finding that alignment within like what you want to do and how you need to be is very important. And right. I think a lot of people miss out on that opportunity because they don't want to engage. Or, I mean, access is a big thing, too, mm-hmm. yes. because everybody doesn't have access, access. to those opportunities. Right. So it's up to people like us who have that mm-hmm. influence and who mm-hmm. have that role to be, able to, to be able to create those spaces in places that they don't currently right. exist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So what was the first professional hurdle that you had to overcome? Oh, wow. Um, let me see. The first hurdle, I think, was overcoming the while at the public accounting firm was overcoming the, I was, we were four African-Americans out of, it was about 400 professionals. So um, as a, a new associate, trying to temper LaShawn, a very outspoken, strong, young at that time young black woman trying to temper that to the point where I'm not kicked out mm-hmm. but they still know that I'm a strong mm-hmm. intelligent black woman and in that environment at that time again as I go back to we all had to it was so regimented um, it's so com- extremely competitive um, I think that was the most difficult thing I had to deal with with that particular job you know my first one coming out the gate just trying to temper that and still remain me and not get frustrated with the you know everyone trying to get there there was folks getting there at 5 a.m just mm-hmm. to say that they were first in the office mm-hmm. folks working crazy hours because of the fact it was viewed by the partners as acceptable mm-hmm. i don't know if any of you guys remember the movie um what was that was it risky, risky, uh, risky business. Business. no but it was the one the firm because it came out when I started. Mm. I remember it. That was mm-hmm. so much my life then. Mm. You know, trying to build your billable hours, mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff. I can't get down like that. That's not who I am. I'm not, I can't, and I don't recommend that anyone, you can't lose yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And, and back then it was so competitive and women were so regimented. We had to look and act a certain, we all looked like men. I was some trying to, unstructured jackets. Uh, with our suits. I'm a woman. I have curves. I'm not trying to show it in the office, but I'm trying to embrace me as a woman. Um, Why can't I put on a pantsuit? It's just as professional. You have on one. Mm -hmm. And I presented that to the partners. And, you know... Anyway. (laughs) How did you... 
it's interesting that you bring up that parallel because like on it makes me think of Molly on Insecure yeah. and her law firm uh-huh. um, and how yes. she's struggling with mm-hmm. um, you know that identity as a black woman in this predominantly white male space exactly. and then being herself and she encounters this new hire who's just like really like boisterous and mm-hmm. this is me and they hire me like this so this mm-hmm. is how I'm going to be and she's like, okay, girl, but just remember, mm-hmm. you can be that way, but you might be fired. Right. Um, and, and having that internal struggle, I think, is um, it's not exclusive to the work environment. Because even being a young black person in Detroit, where you're experiencing gentrification and all of these mm-hmm. um, former black spaces now right. revamping into white spaces. You're right. And you're surrounded by people that don't look like you. Yeah. But you know that if you make one loud wrong move, mm-hmm. now they all looking at you like, oh, this is the loud black person right. in the space mm-hmm. being ghetto and mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though you've held this down right. for them to be able to come back. Or they looking at you like you're the foreigner. My work is fine. Yeah. Why should why does my personality why should that reflect my work? Like yeah. my work is mm-hmm. or you, they looking at you like you the foreigner and you like I'm from right. here. Right. Like mm-hmm. this how, is how I know. I how know. did you overcome having to deal with that? Like did you have community that you said there were only four of y'all? Right. Did you have community where they're like certain tools that you use over? We did. Um, we we got together. Um, we I looked. There were t- uh, two. One gentleman that was uh, senior to me. He was um, I think even a senior associate or something in the um, hierarchy. And we did kind of look to him for guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us that were under him. And I just re- remained myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke up. I did present different things to. Uh, the partners um, one was a dress code a few other things and I did my time there I will admit and as soon as I found an opportunity to get out I did leave <laughs> and I went with a minority uh, CPA firm I've been watching a lot of um, fashion documentaries right now and a lot of things that fashion professionals say is in, in the fashion industry you often intern and you intern for free mm-hmm. and you intern for like two to four years of your mm-hmm. life for free, free. free? free. <laughs> yes. a lot of interns two to four years for free they're just now changing the laws because you know like you can't work Right, right. Um, but that's hard work. It's very hard work. But also, there a lot of their advice. The professionals now is that you have to serve your time in that entry level position. Like you got to sit down and be humble, and you just got to take the work that's given to you. Then because like you can have all the skills in the world, but you're not gonna always like have all the clout yet. So you have to put in your time. You have to show that you are dedicated to what you're gonna do before you even like get any higher. And that's that's just anywhere. I that's mean, like, anywhere. With us, like for us, the big thing is the shift. Like I want the morning shift, mm-hmm. and we like, no, nah, boo, you just got here. You just so got right, here. Right, <laughs> get on this night shift and take your weekends, <laughs> and that's how it's gonna be. But I was just talking to my coworkers um, that that's how we have to come together and work better as a team. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get it that it's not fair mm-hmm. that the newer people have to work the late night shifts, but we've all done it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you come in with this attitude of this is what I want and I'm going to get it, well, then you're going to have an issue when you need somebody to work for you because you just stepped on all of us. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not working for right. you. Right. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I think it just, you know, it's everybody has to have, understand that they do have to come in mm-hmm. at the bottom. Yeah. It's okay because yeah. we all started this. We have. We have. But it's it's not easy working your way up there, but I think it's it's better that way. <laughs> I prefer it that way than to have come in on top and not have to learn the lessons that I learned. Right, right. You know, get yeah. value there. Mm-hmm. They're valuable. All right, so now we're going to get into um, a little bit more about financial advice here. Okay. So what are the top three things high schoolers can do now to financially prepare themselves for college? The top three things, I'm thinking... 
And what I would recommend, I thought about this, what I would recommend to my daughter mm-hmm. and what I've heard from Ms. other Sanjay parents. has a beautiful daughter named Logan. How is, old is Logan now? Logan is 11. Logan is 11. Hi, hey, Logan. <laughs> uh, hopefully she's in bed <laughs> but um, nonetheless um, definitely I'm finding out that participating in various bands and think the bands and sporting mm-hmm. activities there's a lot of scholarship monies out there yeah. for that mm-hmm. so um, I know I have a family member that did volleyball all through and then stopped like the last semester before she graduated her friends got volleyball scholarships and she did not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. And so she strongly recommends that I encourage um, Lo to um, continue in sports because there's monies out there. Mm-hmm. there. There's funds out there for that. So I do encourage that. Um, if, if a young person can't identify what their interest is early on, that too helps. You know, um, identify what you like. Um, if it's by going to, and now there's so much out there. Uh, when I was younger, we didn't have as much. We didn't have all these different, um, the Girls Engineering Academy at this and the mm-hmm. engineering opportunity to go for a summer here at Wayne State. Mm-hmm. All these different outlets are available now to young people. I strongly recommend you get associated with those organizations because it just helps you to further your interests and identify what you're, you know, you may be looking uh, to pursue as in regards to college. And then the final thing is what Honey mentioned. There are quite a few high schools out there now that offer those dual enrollments, mm-hmm. high school and the junior college credits. Mm-hmm. I strongly recommend that. You can come out if you can graduate from high school with an associate's degree. You got two years under your belt. Half yeah. the battle's over. Yep. Two and years less under financial your belt. That's commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right for free. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially with a lot of these, uh, a lot of cities have like, um, uh, like community promises with community colleges, so they pay for your tuition, um, like for like the first two years. If you I, are, yes, I've been here. Yeah. Yes. DPS just announced it, and I know they do. Um, like for Kalamazoo. If you are a um, public school attendee from like kindergarten all the way up to uh, your senior year of high school, mm-hmm. then they pay some of your mm-hmm. tuition. I think they just yeah. uh, did it at wait, uh, Michigan State too. Yeah. I think your first two years, if you graduated from DPS High School, Michigan State University, mm-hmm. you get your first two years free now. I think it's like a brand new pilot program that they started earlier this year. You know what I'm thinking? Logan, let me try it. Wow. Yeah. My mom was definitely one of those people who was like scholarship, scholarship, yes. scholarship when I was exactly. in high school. She had me involved in lots exactly. of different things. Very <laughs> versatile background. Mm-hmm. She was like, We're gonna get this money exactly. in any way we can. So exactly. you you about to be over here, you about to be doing that, you about to go over there. Oh, they they need volunteers, okay, you probably exactly. do that too. She exactly. was yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now where did you go to I went to Western Michigan University oh, for undergrad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I got um so I have my parents had me in the Michigan Education Trust Fund mm-hmm. um, as a kid, and then I also got uh, my first two years. I got a scholarship for from Western for my first two years. Okay. Um, okay. So I applied to I think like eleven different universities and got in, but my mom was like, "We going where they get you the most money." money. <laughs> so that's exactly. where I ended up. Yeah, um, that's the same thing that happened with me. Yeah. I got a scholarship for, for all four years for half my tuition. Oh yeah. well, yeah. So that's what <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, I would like you right out of Nebraska. I was like, I would just I also have a cousin who, um, her name is Miracle. Hey, Miracle Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, we just took her down to Mississippi.
be for uh, Alcorn State University. Oh, Al- she was a graduate of Pershing High School. She was valedictorian, got a full ride. So it's in Mississippi, it's Michigan and Mississippi, and everybody's like Mississippi, but mom, free, yeah, full ride, like full ride and no snow, no snow, and I would have been gone yep, so and fast. It's HBCU. So we took her down there, and it's it's in the middle of nowhere, but she'll get a degree. Yep, and, and it's um, free. free. <laughs> so yes, yes. And I know there's a lot of programs, like uh, specifically in Nebraska, they have one called Boys Town, mm-hmm. where it's for like troubled youth or like mm-hmm. yes, like, yeah, boys or mm-hmm. behavioral mm-hmm. issues, and they get college scholarships when they complete that program. The Boys Town so, program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, so a lot of the uh, people I went to school with came from Boys Town. Boys Town, yep. wonderful. Nice organ, like uh, Midnight Golf. Yeah, yes, Midnight. Um, that's a really big one for DPS students and um, all of like the smaller groups for sororities and fraternities here too Mm -hmm. like AKATs, Delta Sprites, all of them they definitely push scholarships yeah yeah Yeah. shout out to my ACA teams (laughs) hey cluster two (laughs) (laughs) okay whatever here we go I mean the R are so much better oh boy but you know we won't go there Uh, so what are the biggest mistakes you see college kids make with their money and what can they do to fix uh, fix those and get a jump start on their debt? Okay, um, I noticed this yesterday. I was speaking to um, a family at my church yesterday and um, not pursuing scholarships. I think that's one of the major mistakes that I see um, that college students make um, in regards to their finance, finance, not pursuing those free, that free money that's there. You know, there are scholarships out there for being just a black woman. Mm-hmm. You know for what I'm saying? There's money. Yeah. Right, for being a left, yeah, exactly, for being a left-hander. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you, I, now with the internet so available, it seemed like you just, I would take time out, mm-hmm. have my notepad, and just take maybe a day and go through the internet mm-hmm. and just shoot applications out for everything. I think just a lot of everything. people think too, like, they think that once you get in college, that you can't, you can't apply for scholarships anymore. Oh, no, you don't That's qualify. And I'm like, I was still getting scholarships for my Me senior too. year. Yes. Oh, I did through my yes. senior year. Mm-hmm. I got the Richard H. Austin scholarship. Yep. Yeah, so I was like, year. and my mama was still like, uh, it's money over there. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Had, our school had it to where you just, you just did like one application mm-hmm. and then they would distribute it to whatever they thought you were a good candidate for. Annually. Uh-huh. Oh, that's yep. good. So every year when you did like your financial aid form mm-hmm. or whatever, you would do that form as well. Oh. And I got uh, the Marion Anderson scholarship just mm-hmm. for being a black woman. And I was like, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can do that. I can do that. You don't need that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have, yes. This works. And yes. the other thing is to point out that when you think scholarship, you think large amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. every little bit counts. Every Something little that bit. will just cover your books, your yeah, right. Like, exactly. They have a lot of lunch. They have for a month. Your meal plan. They have very, very specific scholarships. I think that a lot of people overlook. Mm-hmm. I was a recipient of the Rose uh, Park Scholarship. What? Mm-hmm. And I was all the way in Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the other thing, I know that the credit cards. Mm-hmm. So many college students get so hooked on the credit because they're they're throwing you guys. College students are you have fresh, you're fresh, your credit ratings are yay, way mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. So you're going to they're going to shoot all these different credit applications to you, and I think that. Um, I see from just talking to family members and others that that's the downfall for a lot of college students, you know, getting all this credit and just messing yourselves up from a credit rating perspective. Um, that, that's another thing. So that would be my second. Um, 
And I think it's interesting with credit too because I know, especially like for me, in high school, we weren't exposed to like the inner workings of credit. Like mm-hmm. financial parents, planning, yeah, period. Our parents were always like, "You don't need like no, you're not getting a credit card and stuff like that." But it was never really like explained the importance of credit. So, yeah. And I think oh, that right. lack, um, right. it disadvantages that lack of education. Like, yeah, it disadvantages mm-hmm. a lot of people. So when they get to mm-hmm. college, they're like, "Oh, you know, now that I'm 18 and you I look like I'm need that. right, I'm free mm-hmm. money, I'm grown right." So yeah. <laughs> right. Sure, yeah, for this credit card and the next thing you know you and like three thousand yeah. like yeah. along yeah. with your student loan debt right and a bunch of all this other stuff and exactly. you barely working this part-time job because you exactly. got classes and it's really stressful like yeah. it could be a serious issue for a lot of people and that lack of financial planning really hurts a lot of people yeah and and like you said the education yeah mm-hmm. and i think in our communities we don't have those conversations enough the importance of uh decent credit ratings yeah. um, and what that affords an individual when they have a solid credit rating um, and the, yeah, the importance of it. So the, the, unfortunately, that education isn't there. Mm-hmm. And it's it not there a lot of times because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Even our parents and our parents' parents didn't know anything mm-hmm. about it. So you can't teach what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So that knowledge is so important. And you're right, we need to start a lot we earlier. Start. And people hoard yeah. knowledge too. They don't want mm-hmm. to share mm-hmm. what they know in fear of um, competition or that that's, somebody that's else why I just like, don't understand uh, Raphael yeah. he was on yeah. Twitter the other day talking about bitcoins yeah. and how he just like figured out how like I was like, uh, online currency <laughs> works and now he's about to share that info with mm-hmm. as many people that want it that's what we need like I, I never understood that like somebody gave you the knowledge mm-hmm. so why would why you not, not <laughs> share like I don't understand that now I get not wanting to share it for free all the time I completely mm-hmm. understand that but to just be like yeah no no but that's that's, <laughs> you know, that's the drawback and the sin of our culture and mm-hmm. our us that's the sin of us mm-hmm. you know it's the whole crap and the barrels mentality whereas other cultural groups and ethnicities they have no problem it's actually encouraged mm-hmm. the more you pull you pull up you look back and pull up mm-hmm. the better individual you are for doing mm-hmm. that we we unfortunately we don't do that yeah. you know, even though we say we're that village and that village is supposed to be reaching and helping one another mm-hmm. we don't fully embrace that we don't you know, fully embrace it um, and I think the last thing would be to um, just as you were saying those loans to try to work out payment plans mm-hmm. as early as possible and to start trying to pay those off as early as possible because again once you get out of school you're in, inundated with all this debt and that's affecting your credit rating. It's affecting your lives because you now owe money to the government. Mm-hmm. Sally, it's your play. And um, that'll affect your ability to do anything after that. Buy homes and different things like that when you have this other loan out there. And I, they're working on a lot of different um, payment plans where if you pay so much. Yeah. So I encourage, strongly encourage um, college students to try to do that as early. And there are possible. programs for like student loan forgiveness. So mm-hmm, right. Yeah, like depending a, on yeah. what industry you want to go mm-hmm. in, you can potentially That's my first plan when we finish this degree. <laughs> 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 trying to forgive me. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Even before you get out of school, um, I think responsible borrowing, and that's mm-hmm. another one of those conversations that we just don't have with college students. So the federal government will say, you know what, we'll give you X amount of dollars. And you're mm-hmm. like, yay, give me all of that. Yeah, like, refund you should not, mm-hmm. Right. You shouldn't borrow more than you need. Me, right. Um, and those refund checks, mm-hmm. that's an extra. Yep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. whatever covers your tuition.
tuition and books, um, that should be all that you borrow. Right. But it looks very enticing when you um, oh, yeah. when you borrow that, that maximum. But what's happening is the federal government gives, and 90% of students usually need some sort of financial assistance, uh, financial aid. And so you have a maximum number of dollars you can borrow uh, within a particular degree plan. Mm -hmm. And so if it takes you maybe four and a half years, five years, you may get to that limit. Mm -hmm. And there is no more money coming from the federal mm -hmm. government. Yeah. Yeah. And so that those aggregate limits are real. And a lot of people yeah. don't know that. And they don't know mm -hmm. that. that especially if you transfer, let's say you transfer to different schools, different or schools you take too. a break and you go to different schools, mm -hmm. that number never changes. Like yeah. you have a, there's a finite number that the federal government says, by the time you graduate with a four-year degree, it should not cost you more than X. And yeah. that's all you get. And a lot of students don't know that. And they run out of money before. And I work in higher ed. Yeah, so I was going to say, share your, tell them what you do. <laughs> I see, um, I'm a vice provost for Strayer University. Okay. And I see students all the time who have hopped around to different schools. And they don't even have a, a, an associate's degree. But they wow. run out of money mm -hmm. for, uh, so they can't get another degree. And they're stuck. Yeah. And they're like, well, no one told me. And it's like, well, yeah, that fine print. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta read. <laughs> it says this is X, this is Y, but it, it's just it's like this black hole. Financial aid has always been very kind of elusive. Mm -hmm. And even for me, when I went through, I have four degrees, and I still get a little confused about financial aid. Mm -hmm. And I'm I think they added on a couple of zeros <laughs> to my accident. <laughs> but um, but that's another important conversation to have with. Um, the financial aid people, um, wherever you're thinking about going, counselors, there's a lot of information out there. It's just a matter of making sure that you go and get it mm -hmm. um, and ask questions. Yeah, I think that's a really big one. Yeah. I see a lot of kids who like won't go talk to their counselors at in high school, won't go talk to the financial aid advisors at school. Just like, oh yeah, it's open enrollment, I'm gonna go put in my application, and that's it. I get money, I don't. It's like, no, you should go and ask them some questions, yeah. like sit down and ask them what you really need to yeah. know, like set up an appointment. Don't be afraid to open your mouth and talk about, you know, ask questions about what you don't know. Right. Yeah. I know at our last residency that we went to, there were these uh, two gentlemen that were sitting with us, and one of them mentioned that he didn't know about the the um, number for loans and such mm -hmm. and so he ended up having to borrow like from his housing or some some type of loan he had to take out elsewhere to cover for school oh, yeah. and I was like what and he hadn't even he hasn't even completed all his coursework yet mm -hmm. so I'm like you still have to pay for your classes and pay for your dissertation and you have already run out of money I'm like I'm close to running out of money but I'm almost done <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can, you know, I, mm -hmm. I tried to keep an eye on that number and say, okay, right. if I need to pay out of pocket my last year or so, I should be okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. But for you to be not even halfway done with your classes. Um, so many students that are, are people that are in that situation. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. even academically. have a, a, mm -hmm. a master's or bachelor's. Yeah. Right. That's right. what I'm saying. He got yeah. all the way to the PhD level without knowing about this number. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how, I wanted to be like, do you not read? Like, <laughs> how did you get this far? Even academically, like you have to pay attention to um, like GPA requirements as well. Yeah, because exactly. some, like I know for me in grad school, um, like I got, I think maybe like my fourth semester and I got like a 2.95 and they were like, financial aid gone. Like you have to maintain a 
3.0 or better to mm-hmm. maintain your financial aid mm-hmm. status. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> in undergrad, I didn't have. I didn't. Have, what do you I like? What? I mean, I think in undergrad, I think it's a 2.0. Yeah, um, it's really yeah. low. It's it's so really low. I mean, of course, you know, I can like you can maintain that for yeah, most people. Easy. But yeah. you get a 2.0, oh, I'm going to class. Right. Maybe not. But like mm-hmm. having that realization, having that scenario happen, and nobody told me that right. I needed to maintain a certain GPA, and it's a lot harder to pull your GPA up the further along you are in versus yeah. in the yeah. beginning. So it's like. Hmm. This two point nine five is like it's, it's right there. It's right, is it right? Mm-hmm. right there. That point five, and I'm reaching out to professors like, you sure you don't want to make this? Right, right, right. Hey, like, this is a right, like, lesson. I need can to I write another paper? Do I need another paper? Right. So, um, yeah, that just being aware of mm-hmm. you know what the potential consequences are for not paying attention to you know what you're getting yourself into. I, I think that's something big for college students to know too. Don't be afraid to ask those questions like, hey, this is the grade I got, but can is there anything else I can do? You know, put your put your pride to the side and do it. I, no, I've been Definitely. there. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't, but you yeah. got to try. I decided mid-semester that I was not going to this African-American history course anymore. I was like, yeah, no, not going. So I stopped going, stopped trying to do my homework, and then I was like, oh, How did you check out English? <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have taken the W on this one. Yeah. So I went to the teacher, and it was like me and three of my friends, and all of us stopped going. And so we, we um, you know, we asked him, like, is there anything we can do? And he gave us, like, three days to turn in all of our coursework. So we're sitting there with, like, two oh. bottles of wine and energy drinks. And we just oh. going through <laughs> all this great work. Wow. But, you know, if we hadn't asked, you mm-hmm. know, we right. would have right. failed. Yeah. I know what helped me undergrad. Um, I've shared this before with a few folks. I developed this great friendship and she's no longer at Wayne State mm. but she was director of financial aid this and was a sister mm. and it was wonderful that is the only way that I got through mm. Wayne State because it was something back then of course it's way back then but all your monies had to be paid up front and even your financial aid in before you could register for your classes mm-hmm. It's not that way now. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was something crazy it was like, like that. that. It was like, see, I, it's different now. It's different now. A lot of times now, like kids will register, they won't even go to the financial aid office until they started going to class. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, no, we couldn't then. And um, she would let me just skate by. Just skate by, and I'll never forget her. I cannot. I see her face just as clear. I can't think of her name, but um, God bless her. That was how I got through undergrad. Mm-hmm. So I do recommend forging those relationships where mm-hmm. you can with individuals in the financial aid office mm-hmm. as always. Uh, and not only financial aid, I'll just throw that out. You should connect with some administrator mm-hmm. uh, for high school students that are, are in uh, high school going to college. Mm-hmm. Find someone mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. a professor, administrator, a dorm. What are you saying for college? The high school going to college. To college. What, oh, yeah. to college. Yeah, right. I Connect agree. Connect with someone that's there that mm-hmm. can guide you to help you know the ins and outs, mm-hmm. to look out for you, mm-hmm. uh, to help you with those policies that are written that you may just not know about, mm-hmm. uh, that, but can help you through. Because the more connected you are to someone who has your back, yeah. Um, Again, they can pave the road for you, help you avoid a lot of mistakes and issues that right. some of us have gone through. Exactly. Uh, but to connect with somebody. 
Yeah, we talk about that a lot on the podcast about having mentors and, yes. you know, building different relationships. There's so many resources for it. Like, I know mm-hmm. my job has um, connections where we're mentoring with uh, a high school mm-hmm. in Detroit and we get to take time off work and, you know, mm-hmm. mentor these kids, which I think is, is great. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've always done or wanted to do. I get to the point where I have, like, too many mentors and I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, somebody, somebody's got to go <laughs> or somebody's not going to get as much attention this, this semester. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. For a lot of millennials, their first corporate job introduces them to 401k, uh, Roth IRA, and other investment tools. Without prior knowledge, uh, some don't take advantage or mishandle the use of corporate investing. So what would be your advice I think that's the perfect time for this question because it's open yeah. enrollment because that's and I just, <laughs> like, I just got my our company just got acquiesced by Walmart and I have one 40k already from a previous job but now I'm like looking at opening two more like my mom explained it to me a little bit mm-hmm. but I need some more clarification <laughs> <laughs> your mom's a great source <laughs> but um definitely I recommend that when you started a new job you mm-hmm. definitely want to sit down with your whomever hires you, your supervisor, and have them go over the investment plan. That's the 401k, if it's a Roth, whatever it is that the company has. Have them go over it in detail. Typically, most companies will actually have um, an outside Mm -hmm. um, financial planning company, a company that manages their 401k. They will will allow them to come in and have a one-on-one with you. If not, they may just come in and just meet with the entire staff. But usually that investment company is available to the staff persons for one-on-one, and I highly recommend that. I also highly recommend that you commit to whatever matching percentage there is because mm-hmm. that's free money you want to leave free money anyway. yeah mm-hmm. so if it's she a, told me that she was like even if you quit like they'll still match you and I'm like, right cool. you want to you want to match so if it's mm-hmm. if, if they have like a five percent match you want to make sure and usually the match is based upon you're, you're yes, contributing at least five percent of yeah. your monies you want to do that you don't want to leave any monies left on the table absolutely you want to do that and then finally, what I like to do, and this is what I embrace, and I strongly encourage my um, siblings and uh, younger cousins and family members to do this, get to a point where you establish a budget for yourself. Mm-hmm. What's your financial budget? What, what, what does it take for honey, Jermaine, uh, and Sharia <laughs> to live? What does it take for you to live, for Shariah to live, for Jermaine and Honey to live? Is that $1,000 a month? Is that 1500 a month? That's what you live within. You create that budget and you live within that budget. Now, now that you're working, you're now in your career, usually you'll get an annual merit increase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that mean your budget should increase too? No. Mm-mm. No. That money should go directly to your 401k. Live in that budget. Every time you get a every time you get a raise, increase your percentage to the 401k. Hmm, that makes sense. Every time I do that now, and I anticipate that I'm going to get X number of a percentage of an increase in pay. I already I don't even want to see it come in my pay because that's just too, you know. <laughs> I set it up before it even gets there. I say, okay, increase my 401k percentage to X Y Z dollars, and I it, I strongly encourage you guys to do that. 
And now with your 401k, you can change that without it being during open enrollment and such, correct? It depends on your plan. Okay. Some plans, and you have, and that's why I strongly encourage you to sit down with your human resource or whomever mm-hmm. administers your plan at your company. And any, and, and again, I recommend any new hire to first of all sit down with the human resource and go over the plan, and then meet with the um, investment advisors that the company has, mm-hmm. and go over the plan with them as well. And I also, and and I'm just gonna tell you guys this: when I was younger, you all's age and younger, I was very aggressive in my investment, my 401k, very aggressive, very aggressive with my investment. You you too, Trust? Yeah, um, and now that I'm older, I'm still somewhat aggressive. And my financial planner with our company, he's like, well, you know you're getting older. No, you, this is my money. <laughs> you do what I'm, I'm going to ride this market, and I'm still going to be a little uh, more aggressive than I probably should be. And being aggressive means that I may have more monies out there in the market versus versus in very solid investment vehicles, mm-hmm. being bonds and things of like that, where it's not so... Yeah, up and down. Volatile, yeah, yeah because of the um, economy. So, but I do it, it when, while you guys are young, go aggressive, leave that money there, do not touch it. I didn't even know I could touch it. Until, you can't. It, it's, well, you know, some, it's, until I got that letter, yeah, I was like, yeah. it, depends well, well, it depends on your yeah. plan. You know, if you can, and if you can, there's usually different things. Right. Yeah, yeah that's how mine was. It was like I was in a tough spot, and I was like, look, I'm. My grandma tapped out, my mom tapped out, and nobody can help me right now. What am I supposed to do? My cousin's like, you can borrow from your 401k. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> some companies do it like if you have like student loan, yeah. if you have like, if you want to purchase a house right. or some type right. of other family emergency. It's a lower percentage rate. And you're, you're paying yourself back. Yeah. But just it's remember, a it's, it's a loan. loan. Yeah. It's a loan. And, and they, they still do it. Yeah. They, they sure do. You, there's two. You can take your money out. There will be penalties. Exactly. Um, but then there's a loan. You always right. want to do the loan, the loan, but you always want to use that as a last resort. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. you really do. When you pull that money out, obviously that percentage is not building. Right, so right. you're losing. Exactly, you're paying yourself back, but you're losing. You're losing. One yeah. of the things I um, I taught business courses, undergraduate business courses, and graduate business courses, and during the financial portion, um, I would uh, give my students a formula. Because as LaShawn, I'm sorry, LJ said, <laughs> anyway, we ain't going with that. We're going. Um, so, um, <laughs> she explained about the budget. You also have to have a, uh, a savings plan. Like you mm-hmm. have a budget, but you also have to have a plan to save. Because if you don't, then you won't do it. And so I would give them um, the 70-30 rule. And there's a ton of uh, YouTube and all kinds of articles out there about this plan, this system. But it's essentially living off of 70% of your income, figuring out what 70% is. And then 20% you put in some sort of savings vehicle. Um, it could be um, 401k, but something that you can't touch, not easily. Mm-hmm. And just being very regimented and disciplined about saving that 20%. Non-negotiable, 20%. And then 10% for those faith believers, et cetera, mm-hmm. tithing that 10%. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, Christian or faith-believed or believer, don't then don't do yeah. it. Yes, mm-hmm. but that 10%, um, you know, helping others. Right. But 
And that 20%, you can also do 10% kind of long-term 401k, and then 10% um, somewhere savings. So if so emergency situations, mm -hmm. you can get to it yeah. easily without a lot of penalties. Mm -hmm. And Dave Ramsey is a person my mom uh, gives me to read. as a re good resource mom yes. gives me to read. And he always says, like, at least have $1,000 saved up for an emergency. Like, always have $1,000 every year. Try to increase that by half. Like, yeah. And I do recommend that. You want to have some liquidity there. Yeah. Or, yeah. That's that's and that's money that's readily accessible. Mm -hmm. that they you used can to get. say three months of your salary you should have mm -hmm. saved, which is an awesome goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that was like twenty years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that was because if something happened, you lose your job, Bye. then three months you should be able to get back on your feet. But in this economy, it's not. It mm -hmm. takes a lot longer than three months to replace the job that you've had before. Then you get part-time jobs and all that kind of thing. But when you get into professional roles, it's usually going to take you six months to a year to get another job at the same level. So you have to be prepared for that. So that three-month threshold now has become really six a year, months to a year, so that your your life lifestyle doesn't have to change uh, should something happen. And we know companies don't care nothing about your bills. No, they don't. Anything about your lifestyle. When they have to make cuts, they are doing it to keep their organization in business and sometimes yeah. that means letting some folks go. go. So you cannot rely on an organization to be there. So you have to plan for yourself. Yeah, and that's one of the things I tell my employees all the time too. I tell them, you know, do not work yourself into a grave over this job because what's going to happen is it's probably going to be me that packs up your desk and fill it with somebody else. Right. And, <laughs> and as harsh as that sounds, you know, that's a, that's a reality yeah. of it, you know. Yeah. That, I was just I tell my uh, my team. I said, you know, I'm, I have high expectations. There's no doubt about it. I need you to meet my expectations, but don't kill yourself. Because mm -hmm. trust me, if you die tomorrow, mm -hmm. I will be interviewing for your position. Right. <laughs> the day after. Right. Right. So you know that's and that's just real. And I think that I think if there's anything that separates, I think the baby boomer generation from those after is that we get it a little bit more than they did because they worked themselves. Working was the life, like everything centered around making sure that work got all of them. We have a better work-life balance, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, is a work in progress. This, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's better. better. <laughs> it's better. It's better. So what are some financial tools or resources that you would recommend to first-time entrepreneurs? A lot of, a big part of our audience is entrepreneurs, but a big part of our audience are, you know, also have day, time, day jobs. So I think a lot of the stuff we've already covered is like real essential for people who have had day jobs. But we have a lot of creatives that listen yeah. to who are just kind of pushing their art and their work by themselves and they have no idea how to like start financially. <laughs> you know, when I think about it, um, again, with the internet so available and mm -hmm. opportunities, to network and to gain knowledge from individuals that have expertise. That one workshop that you mentioned with the financial planner, mm -hmm. and that, that sounded like an excellent. It was a free workshop. Mm -hmm. $7. That's, that, that's for girl, mm -hmm. please. Yeah, that's for yeah. <laughs> Next to free. Um, definitely pursuing those opportunities that you see available um, and networking uh, opportunities and different things of that nature that you see are available. I definitely feel that um, find folks that are that you truly trust and that hopefully have the expertise in these following areas. And I strongly recommend any entrepreneur to do this. 
Um, even we have some of the babies that are entrepreneurs now. I was reading mm-hmm. an article where you have the 12-year-olds and things of that mm-hmm. nature that are starting to pursue their own little dreams mm-hmm. and start their own little, um, you know, companies and things of that nature. Um, but you want to have folks that you trust that have these expertise, a legal background, financial background, and someone that has the expertise in the area that you're pursuing. Mm-hmm. You want to have those three folks in your corner. There is, I, I can't speak of the importance of having someone with that legal background because when you get to the point where you're starting your own business, there's so much that you need to know in regards to the rules, the codes, and the things of that sort that are out there in whatever that field you're, whatever that area you're pursuing. Mm-hmm. You want someone that can help you decipher the contracts, uh, things of that nature. The financial, that goes without saying. You want someone that can help you keep everything on track. Um, you want to develop a very sound business plan. And those folks can help you develop that. Your business plan should be able to speak volumes for what you're planning to pursue. Um, should determine how much intellectual property you actually have out there. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's out there. And then these folks with these expertise can help you mm-hmm. in that. Um, and obtain a uh, solid, solid financial support from whomever. You know, go to your family. I'm pursuing this. Um, I've developed this business plan, and I need your financial backing. Again, we're a village. Um, other cultures, they support one another financially, left and right. And we have to get to the point where we are supporting one another more financially, leaving those financial legacies for one another. Um, we're, we're not doing that enough. Um, and I, I think we, I strongly encourage that, that we get to that more. But, and most importantly, you got to make sure you love it. Mm. It's something that you like. If it's your passion, you're going to do it. And mm. you're going to do it well. Um, and again, that's why I see these babies that are developing their own little companies. Um, it's their little passion. Mm. And, and they, from this passion, they develop this flourishing company. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Um, I, I couldn't imagine that. I would love for my, ch- my daughter to do something like to follow her dream her passion, and hopefully I, as well as my my village, would back her with all the emotional and financial support we can. And so as a a business owner, how would you suggest that we uh, set and stick to financial goals? Mm. How would you set and stick to them? As a business owner, it's important to know that your goal cannot be the bottom line, making profits. Um, it has to be, again, following that passion. Um, if you follow your dream and your passion, what your heart is telling you to do, the funds will come. They're not going to come immediately because in most businesses, you incur a loss your first few years anyway. But again, if it's something that you genuinely enjoy doing and have a passion for, then I think the finance will come in. you know will come into uh, reality for you Um, I strongly encourage having budgets I strongly encourage that every even in the start starting period of for an entrepreneur is that a budget is established and that you stick with that budget Uh, it's difficult for a lot of people to do 
but I, I strongly encourage development of budgets, financial um, budgets. Yeah. All right. So that does conclude our first portion here. So we are going to take a break. Hey guys, it's Shariah, one third of the New Kids. And if you're interested in being on our show or have a guest in mind, you can check us out or email us at thenewkidsllc at gmail.com or you can follow us on all social media at the New Kids LLC and even on SoundCloud at the New Kids Detroit. Okay, so we are back. And we're back. back. Yay. Oh, I should have had my sound effects. I think they have sound effects. Yeah, sound effects. Oh, yeah, sound effects. Goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> so what advice um, would you give to young professionals that want to break into um, your specific field of work or and or um, just their career field of choice? Um, it kind of piggybacks on what I said earlier to definitely try to identify as early as you can your areas of interest. Mm -hmm. um, I think you mentioned, uh, Jermaine, that your mom had you in everything. Yes. Um, value that right now, young people. Um, value the influence that your parents are trying to have and, you know, when they're just kind of throwing everything out there. And I, uh, I talked to quite a few individuals with this. I talked to Honey's mom with this. I go to her and and what I'm doing right now, even with my own daughter, I'm just throwing everything out there. We're throwing it all out there and we see what sticks. You know, um, so I encourage all young people to definitely take advantage of the different things that your parents um, are providing to you early on mm -hmm. because that will spark your interest. Um, we had our daughter enrolled in Girls Engineering Academy. She fought me tooth and nail I don't want to do it I don't want to do it I mean and to the point where she did it over the summer this child loves engineering mm -hmm. she now wants to be a computer engineer she loves going so I say that to say that don't fight you know your parents because that may help you early on to establish what your interest is does that mean you're going to stay there no but at least you can kind of have a guideline mm -hmm. so to speak so that's one thing um, the other thing would be to Let's see. What's your question again? Um, <laughs> I'm over 50 and I've had some liquid <laughs> influence. What, what, what you say? What advice would you give to um, <clears throat> professionals who are looking to break into your career? Oh, okay. Just right, right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm back now. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely pursue, allow your parents to throw those things out there for you. And um, if you can early on identify what your interests are. If you love drawing and you're more of that creative side, you're the dance, you're this, pursue that. Because if you pursue what you in, what you enjoy now, you'll have a passion for it. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like having a passion for what you're doing, what you do. Um, you'll enjoy going to work. You won't get up saying, oh my God, is it Monday? I thought it was Friday. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you can. So I strongly encourage that. For, encourage young people to do that. Um... Start putting your monies away now uh, for school. And if you're pursuing accounting, uh, for instance, I strongly, strongly encourage those individuals to hone up on their math. It's not a lot of math-based. It's a lot of theory and analytical um, thought processes that are required. But I do encourage you to be strong with math um, and just pursue whatever you like. Again, if engineering is your pursuit, then you want to focus on the math and sciences. Mm -hmm. You want to do that. So, yeah. Try to find your interest now. 
How do you stay engaged in your work? And um, what are some things that you use, like different tools, books, resources, that kind of keep you aware? Okay. I think the best thing to do to stay engaged is to try to pursue different um, workshops and seminars that are out that are available. There could be periodicals that are specific to your particular industry, um, journals and things of that nature. You want to read those so you can stay on top of things. Mm -hmm. um, whenever I see like a workshop or something that's specific to accounting or what I'm doing, I try to go because that'll help me be a better individual and ho hopefully help my company to be even better. If I can bring some value and add some value with what I glean from going to these workshops, then that makes me a better employee and it helps my company. So you want to do that. Um, joining a lot of times the companies that you work for, they have industry-based organizations that, that they affiliate with. You want to go to those seminars that the industry sponsors mm -hmm. because then you meet other individuals that are within your industry you can share and usually they'll have um, more geared more workshops and things geared toward what you're doing so I strongly encourage though encourage you to do that so when you look at um, the environment that the city is in now um, where do you think our generation, and when I say our generation, I mean millennials. Where do you think we're needed most in the city in terms of progress for us? I say definitely in. Um, we need it everywhere, everywhere, yeah, everywhere. We, you, as Tressa was saying, you guys are our future. You know, um, you're our future. We, and as you mentioned, Jermaine, we definitely have an influx of those that have not been here mm -hmm. for the past 20, definitely 25 to 30 years. They did leave, but they're coming back. We don't want to be outplaced, yeah. you know, in the community that we held up for those individuals to come back. I'm not saying don't come back. I'm, I'm saying make sure we have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. I wanna see you all at the table. I want to see you all making the policies to make sure that folks that are currently here are displaced. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that they have housing. I want to make sure that um, even though other folks come in, we're not forgotten because we've held it down for these other folks to come back. And the folks that have held it down need to have a place. They need to have a home. They need to, we need to be able to all be here together. Um, I do want to see viable commerce come back to our residential areas. Yeah. They're building up, um, you know, the eight mile, not the eight mile, but the liver noise, yeah, six mile to eight mile mm -hmm. area. That's being built up. Um, they're building up the Edison Boston district. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we already know those are some of the more affluent areas in the city. What about other areas? Mm -hmm. You know, what about our areas? What, what, what? So I think you guys could be a part of making sure that those aren't the forgotten areas, that um, those areas are brought into the fold as well. Yeah. Um, I was just looking at the um, Jefferson Chalmers was recently named uh, within like the past five years or so as a National Historic um, oh. Treasure site. 
wow. they're putting like more funds into mm-hmm. restoration, uh, beautification, facade, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think about just the other areas in the city that mm-hmm. don't get the attention right. that Live Six is getting, mm-hmm. um, or that um, the downtown Jefferson area. Is right. Getting. And it, these are areas that need it. Um, these are areas that used mm-hmm. to thrive and used to mm-hmm. have life in them, and they definitely need that influence again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would just like to add that um, it's important for millennials to hone their skills and to be be recognized as value added. Mm-hmm. So, if you uh, want to break into accounting, then be the best accountant that you can. Do the you know read upon about. You know the trends in accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, be a force within the organization that you're in, so that when the city is looking for someone, I don't know, a committee to revitalize, they need someone, an auditor. Then you're ready. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can't. Again, you can't make change or effect change if if you're not sitting at the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be invited to the table just if because you're cute or just because right. you're energetic. Right. You have to right. have something to add. And so hone your skills. Um, if you're an accountant, if you're a janitor, if you whatever it is that you know you're passionate about or that you're in that field right now, just be the best at it that you can be so that you can add value uh, when called upon. That's great advice. Um, so where do you see yourself in five years and where do you see yourself at the end of your career? Wow. In five years, I see myself as an empty nester, first of all. Uh, we're fast approaching that. Uh, my husband and I will be uh, empty nesters. Um, and I see myself hopefully financially secure with my um, retirement system. Uh, I will fa- be very, very close to it. <laughs> but, um, and I still see myself working. A viable, having a viable input in my organization that I'm currently with, um, and just trying to support my daughter as she pursues her. She she breaks out and then becomes her own individual. Mm-hmm. You know, allowing her to break out and pursue her endeavors, and hopefully supporting her both financially and emotionally. Mm-hmm. With whatever, hopefully it's college, but I I want to be able to embrace whatever that is <laughs> she does <laughs> pursue. <laughs> So if you, and this is a, always an interesting question or an interesting answer that we get from our guests. Mm. If you could switch places with someone for one week, huh. who would it be? It could be anybody in the world, famous. Alive, dead, um, real life. But you have to take yes. all of them. All of their Issues. problems. <laughs> all that. Yeah, any associations they have, spouses, kids, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you know, if I could switch with someone for a week, it would be my younger self. Mm-hmm. It would be my younger self. Um, and I'm thinking it would be my high school self. Mm-hmm. There's so much that I would love to tell that high school LaShawn, mm-hmm. um, knowing now, yeah. of course, what I know and the pursuits that she should take and some things that she should not do. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a week to just kind of shake it in, like yeah, shake it in and be her again. <laughs> shake it in. <laughs> because to be honest, I'm I'm pretty happy with me. Mm. Um, and I thought about that. I'm like, hmm, well, I want to be Oprah. 
I guess that's so much change by being Oprah <laughs> with that money and everything. And then I was, I was really thinking, and it was a toss between my younger self or my grandmother mm-hmm. to affect some of the generational um, decisions that were made that have affected us generationally. Um, I was hoping that maybe I, I could probably affect change. I like there. that answer. It's so like microcosmic. Like yeah. when we think, when I think, I think big. Like oh yeah, I'm gonna be Beyonce. Like I'm gonna care if Jason <laughs> cheated on me. Like I'm Beyonce. I'm Honey, top of the top. She, she like, being yeah. Exactly. I would be Diddy. Like my answer is always Diddy. But I don't think that people like think more. People often forget to think more microcosmically. Like you can still be that great change like in your family or just like in your city community, in your neighborhood yeah. like in your immediate community and then they'll branch you know like they'll do the work for you after mm-hmm. that they'll make sure to spread your message or whatever work you're doing like out to the world yeah well alright that was our last question right yeah was it yeah. thank yeah. you so much Ms. LJ for coming well thank you for inviting <laughs> me yeah my bestie yeah <laughs> Well, thank you, ladies. I am so proud of each of you. It's, uh, I don't even know if we're still on, but I just want to tell you this. I'm very proud of each of you. I just think this is great. Um, Pray that you guys continue to pursue this. Um, make it big. Be the you. You guys could be the next Oprah. Yeah. All right. Yes. I'm her making yes. 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 Do that. Do that. Do that. I do can that. pay off my student loans. It is actually right. Yes, but I, I am very proud of you guys. It's thank, wonderful. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Yes. All right, guys. As usual, let's drop all of our social media handles. You can listen to these episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes. Well, SoundCloud at the New Kids Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us at the New Kids LLC. On iTunes, uh, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter Facebook, Facebook. <laughs> um, and soon, hopefully, some oh, other podcasting know. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, soon you'll be able to find us on some other podcasting platforms. Um, as usual, if you would like to contact us for any reason, or uh, you'd like to advertise with the new kids at the holiday season, throw us oh, some money, guys. We'll promote your right. products. <laughs> um, you can reach us at the New Kids LLC at Gmail. Com. This is us signing off. I'm Honey. I'm Jermaine. Jermaine. <laughs> and we out. Bye. Bye. Bye.